part of my prayer this morning, actually most of it, I have to admit, will be borrowed. I'm perfectly willing to admit when others are more eloquent than I. So I did a little history digging and will be using uh, as part of the prayer, a prayer given by President Abraham Lincoln over 150 years ago. But you'll note in it that it's similar to God's words to Solomon. It's similar to what we sang this morning. And then I'm also going to use a prayer from a site, lordsprayerwords.com, that is a little bit more modern prayer for our nation, some of the same bequests for our Lord. Would you join me? Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech thee that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of thy favor and glad to do thy will. Bless our land with honorable ministry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties and fashion into one united people the multitude brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. Endow with thy spirit of wisdom those whom in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All of which we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we stand today as our forefathers have stood before you in times gone by, celebrating our history and reveling in all the great things that our country has achieved. On this Independence Day, we rejoice in the favor you have graciously given us. We thank you for the blessings of liberty, for this generation, and for the generations to come. We thank you for our independence, peace, and for all those who have bravely given their lives in the defense of freedom and justice. We thank you that your gracious and provident hand has given us so much. Yet, as a nation and people, we have not always chosen the right way. We ask you to forgive us for these times. On this day, we commit ourselves to wholeheartedly honoring and serving you. With everything that we are, we lay our lives before you. Make us a generous people, a holy nation, a people set aside to love you forever. For the sake of the land of the brave and free, and the peoples and nations of this world. Today, we do not presume your grace for our country. Our land is in need of you. Our people are in need of you. Our industry and business is in need of you. May we look only to you this Independence Day, dependent on you. Please come now by your glorious Holy Spirit, Breathe new life into the sinews of this nation. May justice flow like rivers and righteousness like a never-failing stream. 
until the whole of our country is covered with your glory as the waters cover the sea. Lord, just as we ask you to cover our nation, we ask you to cover those closer to us here in our worship, those we know suffering from loneliness or grief or illness. Somewhat further away, Lord, we ask for your healing hand on colleagues of Pastor Matthew, Kyle and Stephanie, church planters in Oakland, as Kyle is suffering and being treated for Hodgkin's lymphoma. For Mark and Stephanie, pastoring in a church in Alameda, as Stephanie is being treated for leukemia. And we ask your blessing, Lord, on Pastor Matthew and Diana and the family, as they will be away for the next couple of weeks on vacation. We pray and trust, Lord, that this will be a time of rest, recovery, and fun for them. We ask all this, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for all eternity. Amen. This morning, it's my privilege to read God's Word. We're going to read Psalm 40, page 451 in the Pew Bible. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our Lord. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. But my ears you have opened, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God, your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. There are more than the head, hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back to disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. 
But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Speaking of borrowing words from more eloquent people, I'm going to borrow a prayer from St. Augustine to open us in our sermon this morning. Would you pray with me? God of our life, there are days when the burdens we carry chafe our shoulders and weigh us down. When the road seems dreary and endless, the skies gray and threatening. When our lives have no music in them and our hearts are lonely and our souls have lost their courage, flood the path with light. Run our eyes to where the skies are full of promise. Tune our hearts to brave music. Give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age. And so quicken our spirits that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life to your honor and glory. Amen. So I guess I'm a Nightbird fan now. Maybe you are too. And if you haven't heard of the singer who goes by the moniker Nightbird, you might very soon. Like, right now in this sermon. <laughs> Nightbird is an artist, a uh, new artist, who set the internet ablaze last month after her performance on America's Got Talent. Any America's Got Talent fans in here? Yeah. I wasn't, but I am now. Uh, specifically, Simon Cowell, famous misanthrope that he is, was so captivated by her audition uh, back in June that he gave her the coveted golden buzzer. Right, cue the... The uh, confetti guns, right? Two days later, uh, her original song, the one that she performed for them, was number one on iTunes. Here's how it went. When she walked out onto the stage for her audition, cropped hair and a boy cut and ripped jeans, she said her name was Jane, but when she sings, she goes by the name Nightbird. Now, these sorts of talent shows always begin with some interview questions, and this was much the same. Jane told the judges that she was from Ohio, that she would like to be a singer. She was here alone today for the audition. She'll be singing an original song for them. Very normal stuff. Except that in the course of that conversation, she also just happened to casually mention that she was a cancer survivor. Oh, the judges paused over that one. That's not so typical. No, it's okay, Jane replied. I'm okay. Simon Cowell followed up. Can I ask you a question? How are you now? Uh, last time I checked, Jane said, I had some cancer in my lungs, in my spine, and in my liver. Silence. The judges replied, So you're not okay. 
And then with a smile that could soften the Grinch himself, Jane said, not in every way, no. What is that? We wonder. Right? And then what happens is that the woman with some cancer in her lungs and spine and liver, the woman who is not okay in every way, she sang. When it ended, the room was caught in a moment of stunned silence. And then the audience exploded in applause and standing ovations. And Simon Cowell hit the golden buzzer, sending Jane directly to the live episodes. So what we should say, first of all, is that we all love a good underdog story. Television's been priming us for that for about 50 years now. And America's Got Talent is all about creating the drama and manipulating our emotions. But there's more going on in this than just good television. Right? There is more to the song, too. As beautiful as that song that you just heard is, the thing that captivated the judges, and if you watch their faces, they genuinely are captivated, was the fact that she stood there singing it with such freedom while a disease was growing in her. And then they tried to find the words to explain why it moved them, right? It was authentic, but it was hopeful. It was deeply self-aware and yet not self-absorbed. She sings about being lost, but she sounds like a woman who knows what it's like to be found. And that captivates us too. Friends, anyone can say, it's okay. Yeah, but when Jane sings it, we believe her. And that's because this is more than just a new pop song. This is a new song, as in a new kind of song, as in something that we have not really heard in a long time, a song that proclaims it's okay when it is so clearly not okay and for some reason we believe it. And come to think of it, it's a song rather like the new song that the psalmist sings for us in Psalm 40 this morning. Or the psalmist has brought a new song to sing. It's an original. We don't know who wrote it. The singer who penned this original composition, well, they just go by psalmist now. That's their moniker. Psalmist has brought the song, not to a talent show, but to the temple for worship in Israel. Psalmist has brought the song and their story to the temple written on a scroll. It was customary that at times of thanksgiving, someone who had a testimony or a story of God's work in their life would bring it written down to be deposited in the temple. It would be added to a growing collection of stories about the mighty works of Yahweh in the lives of Yahweh's people. Right, and the song that the psalmist sings is a new song. Not new as in number one on the Jerusalem top 40, right? but new as in a new kind of song in the psalmist's life. It's something that the psalmist has never sung before. It's a song about feeling lost in the pit of suffering and finding God, or rather, of being found by God. And it goes like this. I waited for the Lord... He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a firm place to stand when I couldn't touch bottom. 
And his word gave me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God, and I want everyone to hear it. The whole first part of the song, the first 10 verses, are all about the past. Maybe notice that. The psalmist was in trouble. Trouble up to their neck. In fact, they were buried in trouble. Disoriented, you might say. They were in a pit of despair. The psalmist was suffering. The psalmist had no way out. The psalmist was crying out to God. And God heard. God lifted. God delivered. And the result was a new song of praise to God. But this is not a new praise chorus. There is more to this song than just thank you, right? The psalmist goes on to sing about what is new. And what is new is that God's work in their suffering actually changed how they saw the world. What is new is not just a thank you and a new reason to say thank you. It's a new outlook on who God is and who the world is around us. You see, and that's the thing that comes so subtly up in a psalm like this for us. The thing that is true throughout Scripture, God doesn't just deliver us from circumstances. God changes us through them. Where the psalmist didn't get a better foothold on life, the psalmist got a new outlook on life, a new orientation. You see, when God delivers... God doesn't really do nostalgia. Right? So often we want God to make things like they were before. Just take me back. Take me back to a golden time, to better years. Rewind the clock. Make it like it was. But Yahweh is not a time machine. Yahweh does not erase our suffering. He moves in it and he uses it to change us and to bring us forward into a whole new phase of life we could not have imagined on our own, which, by the way, is not the prayer we were hoping for. In our journey, remember that we started with orientation, this this time of innocence where God is near and the world is very clearly black and white and the good guys are good and the bad guys are bad and the way to life is way over that way and the way to death is way over that way and never the two shall meet. But eventually things fall apart. They just do. They always do. Suffering comes into our lives and we have more questions than answers and God is silent or seemingly far away and we're angry about it. But when God hears our cry, when God turns to us, delivers us, sets our feet on a firm place again, it doesn't take us back to a former innocence. Pain is far too important to God for that. No, what happens is that somehow in the midst of the suffering, we are transformed. God has acted in our lives, and the result is that we see the world in a new way. So what does the psalmist's new song tell us about how the psalmist sees the world? He tells us, she tells us, psalmist tells us that pain makes us grasp For any God we can get our hands on. It makes us double down on our own ability to endure. But psalmist knows that I have learned that really it is better to trust Yahweh. Even if you cannot control Yahweh. 
I have learned that it's better to trust Yahweh than to trust yourself or any false gods, no matter what name they go by. And I know now that my story of what God has done is just one more example of innumerable wonders which God has done and is always doing for his people. Right? Fascinatingly, the psalmist goes on to say that they've also learned what it is that God actually wants from us. And that whole block of poetry there in verse 6 through 10, right? Psalmist is saying that I've discovered what you actually want from us, O God. You don't want sacrifice. God, you're not interested in duty or loyalty. What you want, God, is not for us to do what you want. What you want, God, is for us to want what you want. And what you want is my story. And I will tell this story to anyone who will listen. And what is the story? I am not the same person I used to be. God has changed me. And I need to tell anyone who will listen about what God has done. And what has God done? Delivered me from the pit, yes. But actually, did you notice, tucked away right there in the middle of verse 6, that second line of poetry in my Bible, the one set apart for emphasis by the two dashes on either side, the psalmist says, what you did, God, is you opened my ears. Or in Hebrew, you bored ears for me. This new song is a song of God's transforming work in the psalmist's life. But when did that transformation happen? Where did it happen? Where and when was it that God dug new ears in psalmist's life? It was in the pit. It was in the pit. The transformation happened in the valley of the shadow of death. God lifted psalmist out of the pit, set the psalmist's feet on a firm place to stand, but what the psalmist really got wasn't a new circumstance, it was new ears. Did you notice that Psalm 40 begins in the past? This new song begins with what God has done, but the song goes on, and what do we discover along the way? The psalmist is still lost! The psalmist is still lost in a forest of enemies and doubts and fears. And so psalmist is still in desperate need of the Lord's mercy and care and attention. Just like psalmist was. Save me, Yahweh. Come now and save me. Present tense. Because death surrounds me like an army. But may all those who seek you, everyone who needs you, find that you are great, O God. Psalm 40 is a new song about all the good work that God has done, but psalmist sings it in desperate need of God to do that work again. Sings a new song about prayers answered, even in the midst of prayers that need answers. The psalmist sings about being firmly on a rock, even though psalmist is lost in the woods. How can you sing this new song when it's not okay? What do you know that we don't, psalmist? Psalmist says, I know what it is like to have the Lord hear my cry. Nightbird says it's okay even though it's clearly not okay. How do you know, Jane, 
What do you know, Jane? What does she know? Well, she didn't talk about it in the America's Got Talent interview, but she does tell us on her blog. Some of her recent blog posts, she explains what it is she knows. After the doctor told me I was dying and after the man I married said he didn't love me anymore, I spent three months propped up against the wall. On nights that I could not sleep, I laid in the tub like an insect, staring at my reflection in the shower knob. I rolled up under my robe on the tile, and the bathroom floor became my place to hide where I could scream and be ugly, where I could sob and spit and eventually doze off happy to be asleep. Call me bitter if you want to. Count me among the angry, the cynical, the offended, the hardened, but count me also among the friends of God. For I have seen God in rare form. I have felt his exhale, laid in his shadow, squinted to read the message he wrote for me in the grout. I remind myself that I'm praying to the God who let the Israelites stay lost for decades. They begged to arrive in the promised land, but instead he let them wander, answering prayers they didn't pray. For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. Fire lit their path each night. Every morning, he sent them mercy bread from heaven. I see mercy in the dusty sunlight that outlines the trees, in my mother's crooked hands, in the blanket my friend left for me, in the harmony of the wind chimes. It is not the mercy that I asked for, but it is mercy nonetheless. And I am learning a new prayer. Thank you. So call me cursed, call me lost, call me scorned, but that's not all. Call me chosen, blessed, sought after. Call me the one who God whispers his secrets to. I am the one whose belly is filled with loaves of mercy that were hidden for me. Even on days when I am not sick, sometimes I go lay on the mat in the afternoon light to listen for him, meaning God. I know it sounds crazy, she writes, and I can't really explain it, but God is there, even now. I have heard it said that some people can't see God because they won't look low enough. And it's true. Look lower. God is on the bathroom floor. Friends, anyone can say it's okay, and many people do. But what Nightbird knows is that Christianity gives us a firm place from which to say why. A deeper reason, something strong enough for us to stand on no matter how lost we get or how high the waters are. A more true reason. It gives us a song to sing even if we have to sing it in a minor key. It gives us a way to live that is true even in the land of cancer. It gives us something to carry with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. No, not something, someone. God. God's very presence coming near to us at precisely the moment when it seems that God should have nothing to do with us at all. The God who descends to our bathroom floors. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually even lower than that. God beneath us on a cross, lower still in our tomb, down into our misery itself. Why? 
to lift us back up again. He shows us himself in our poverty and in all of our need so that we might really know that it's exactly the time when we cannot help ourselves, cannot heal ourselves, cannot save ourselves, that that is when God is thinking of us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, would you pray with me? God of our life, there are days when the burdens we carry chafe our shoulders and weigh us down. When the road seems dreary and endless, the skies gray and threatening, when our lives have no music in them and our hearts are lonely and our souls have lost their courage. Flood the path with light. Run our eyes to where the skies are full of promise. Tune our hearts to brave music. Give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age and so quicken our spirits that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life to your honor and glory. And all God's people said, Amen. I had a bulletin. There it is. Friends, having heard the word together, we have a chance to explore it through song and through conversation together. And in particular, some of our younger folks will have a chance to do that through our ECHO program. And so students who are grades three through fifth, uh, you're welcome to rise and be dismissed to go and uh, have a conversation together. Um, let me lead us in this dismissal. People of God, what is our prayer? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard, plant it deep in our hearts, and live in ways that honor you above all. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Thanks be to God. We have a chance to ordinarily to respond to God together, not just in words and in song, but also by giving money for our offering. Because we are continuing to make adaptations due to COVID to protect each other, we're not able to pass baskets at this point, but our response is still real. And so you can make it by giving some of what God has entrusted to you, by placing um, uh, checks in the box in the entryway when you came in, or by mailing a check-in or placing it in the mail slot at the front of the church, or by giving online. The links are on the website. Thank you. Friends, having responded to God together, however and whenever that happens, would you please rise? The God who has brought us here sends us out in his presence. Friends, would you open your hands and lift up your eyes to receive it? May the love of God surround you, the wisdom of Christ guide you, and the power of the Holy Spirit encourage you as you joyfully proclaim, our world belongs to God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Friends, let's sing together.
Should my heart be sad?